I found a rat in the walk-in cooler at the liquor store before I got here on my way to the podcast. And it seemed very cold and scared, and so I sort of smuggled it out in my hoodie. And when I got outside, it did give me $20 and said, please tell your listeners to go to rattyincantati.com, R-A-T-T-I-I-N-C-A-N-T-A-T-I.com. It's a distributor of cool RPG zines and other literary stuff and game stuff. Uh, Babes in the Wood is there by friend of the show Adam Bass. Himbos of Myth and Metal is for sale there by Max. There's a game called Clever Girl, which is a two-player RPG where one person is a human and one is a velociraptor. There is a game called Big Eye Chungus, and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to buy it from rattyincontati.com. That's right. We're doing ads now. Also of note, uh, Ratty is in Canada, so for for people like me who oh, yeah. look at all of the resellers that y'all have in the states and are like, "Fuck, I don't want to spend thirty seven American dollars to get my five dollars zine up here." Yes, not a problem. But they also ship from yeah. America as well, so you don't. We That's all save on shipping. It's very cool. Uh, if you don't want to hear us do an ad, you can go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RTFMcast. We're doing capitalism now. I need to go to the dentist. Apologies. Last, weekend, last week, capitalism was doing us, but we're taking control. <laughs> I'm the top today. Welcome <laughs> to the new episode of RTFM. I am still Aaron King. Yeah, and I am still Max Lander sometimes. Um, and this week, we have friends of yours. <laughs> The boys are back in town. Uh, I've heard that so many times in preparation leading up to this episode. Who wants uh, to go first? I, I should have ordered you. I just put the boys. <laughs> I, you know, I nominate Pete because I think two errands back to back is going to be too confusing. Yeah. Oh, see, I was hoping that you'd go first because I have no idea what to say. Right. Oh, I, I, so I, I, I was going to do what I've done through most of my career, which is just blatantly copy what you're doing. <laughs> well, all right. In that case. Yeah. Hi, I'm Aaron. Also, Aaron uh, Fisk Raditz, and I'm a theater artist and an educator um, and a disability advocate uh, in the uh, Twin Cities of Minnesota. And uh, yeah, we uh, collectively, uh, Pete and I, and, and a few other folks are certainly the boys. I've known Pete uh, since, what, middle school, high school? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Aaron King shortly after that via Pete uh, as they met in college. Um, so yeah, we, we go way back and we talk on a pretty much daily basis, uh, you know, online. And um, yeah, I also uh, have come late to RPGs in my life. Um, I somehow avoided it, uh, despite being just a like hardcore nerd my whole life. Um, I, yeah, I didn't play even like Pete when, when we knew each other way back when, and you were playing games with a lot of our mutual friends. I just, I, I didn't uh, partake. And it actually took uh, Aaron King reaching out. How many years ago now, Aaron? Um, it's like nine years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, close to a decade ago. You reached out and were like, "Hey, I'm doing a D and D campaign with some cool people. Do you want to do it?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" And then 
you know, suddenly uh, jumping into that, I right. Then we hang <laughs> out twice like, a month for like six years in a row. Yeah, right? for like for a long, long time, and I realized that oh yeah, like my background in acting and storytelling and improvisation, like one hundred percent, lent itself to uh, having great fun in that space. But but also, you know, it was a huge testament to um, the uh, m- masterful game masterful skills of Aaron King, which we can all attest to. Uh, was it fourth edition? Was it <laughs> no, it was fifth. Uh, 5e. It was fifth. Oh, wow. Um, it was when so, it was like brand new. Yeah, yeah. And it was when We were all was duped fantastic. into playing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the only thing that I knew at the time, you know, so I had nothing to compare it against, but had a, just a, a fantastic time. And only later came to learn that like, uh, oh, Aaron was sort of heavily curating that experience for all of us, <laughs> you know, like cutting out a lot of chaff and uh, just streamlining it in some some really effective ways and just made it so much fun. And then, you know, have gone on to play other games, uh, many of them with Aaron as GM and uh, also some of them with uh, Pete as GM. Uh, GM'd myself like maybe for two sessions in my life uh, and was sweating the whole time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I absolutely owe it to two of the three people on this podcast uh, to uh, my, my love of uh, role playing games that persists to this day. Well, I guess I guess that makes me the nemesis, and I have to figure out how to make you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of your role in this podcast. I think. It is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Today uh-huh. will be no different. Spoiler. <laughs> Do you feel I'm, ready, Pete? Do you want me to? Yeah, this? no, I, I feel ready. And at this point, Max is really just like literally the the anti Aaron, right? So that's a nice. <laughs> or am Aaron. I the anti Max? Yeah. Oh, yeah. like uh, <laughs> boy. Um. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my name is Pete Ray. I am an educator out in the vast prairie land of Western Minnesota. Uh, although I am moving to the Twin Cities region to be around these two Ooh. in the coming months, not because I've been run out of town. Um. <laughs> But yeah, let's see. Uh, I've known Aaron again, like yeah, you said since I think middle school. I think we got together around the time of uh, when the Phantom Menace released, because that's oh, one of my of first first big memories. <laughs> um, and then uh, I met Aaron in college when I was doing a uh, I was playing a long running uh, Firefly role playing game at the local like nerd store mishmash apothecary more or less every yeah, we, store. Sold, we sold yes. incense we sold <laughs> incense we were um, like an underground pawn shop mm-hmm. um this is magical the retail right. environment there just seems truly the story wonderful. i told i think i told it on the podcast of the little kid playing D and then oh, his dad yes. got mad because he was asking about what kind of baby he would make with yeah. a different species, and he was crying Definitely, and telling yeah. his dad, I'll get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should also say, like, first time, long time for RTFM. I've listened to every episode, and you definitely have recounted that story <laughs> on the podcast and, like, during game sessions and many, many times, and I never get It's tired such a good story. Oh, God. Sorry, Pete. No, no, I'm just sorry. I'm having flashbacks to that moment. but Because um, you ended up working there, too. Well, that's the thing. I was going to say, you were working there at that store, and you were shit-talking the campaign loudly in the background for most of it whenever we were there. Uh, and finally, See, I don't even remember. I, re- I feel like you all went down to the basement or something. I well, yeah, because we, we had to escape the, the cruel, biting <laughs> tongue of true. Aaron King. None of this is true. <laughs> I believe it. Right, right. 
Um, it doesn't matter if it's true. It's what people want to believe. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but no. Um, eventually, Aaron ran a couple one-shots, uh, and I joined in, and then I was running a 4E game that I think actually clicked together in its full weird meta-ness once Aaron joined. It was so good. I feel like I've talked about that also on this podcast. And yes, I've talked you, about you, you being have. like the first really good DM that I ever like played a game with. Mm-hmm. And, um, like your invitation into like cooperative world building was really foundational for me. Mm. And also like it was a really fun game. A lot of the players were great. The rules were like firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and I mean, much like you were with 5e, 5e, like, I was curating parts of that, but, like, I still really like that that system, and I have a lot of good memories of that game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that that's it, and then, yeah, I will occasionally run weird one-offs. Um, I have a whole bunch of half-made, uh, <laughs> powered by the apocalypse hacks and stuff going on, so... That's kind of all I have, I think. You can only be friends with Aaron for so long before your brain just starts thinking empowered by the apocalypse. Well, it's It's the one... It's so true. (laughs) It's the one... Yeah, it it is the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm fully a convert. This is the new cult religion in the States. (laughs) Aaron, that's how you win capitalism. You just start a religion. That's fair. We got to get this show on the road. Yeah, Yeah. we're not even even reading D&D today. We're reading a... Yeah, we are reading Mutants in the Now by Julian Kay. It was kickstarted in 2021 and released, released soon after. Uh, it's, a, I guess, like a reimagining of hmm. a modernization of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. It's a ZineQuest project, right? It is a ZineQuest project as well. Uh, Mutants in the Now, not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. And it has a great subtitle. I love that. Wait, what's the subtitle? Other strangeness. Oh, oh and other, other strangeness. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, the TMNT game was by Eric Wuchik. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, it's published by Palladium, who published Riffs, and this was made in 1985, which is before the cartoon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you don't know, uh, was a comic <laughs> by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, which started in 84, got the cartoon in 86, the big movie in 90 or 91. Um... And the comic was part of the big black and white boom of comics. Uh, the fun fact for this episode is that Eastman and Laird were both very vocal creators' rights advocates in comics, which was a like pretty uh, radical position at that time. They retained ownership of the Turtles. They made tons of money licensing it, and they used that money to establish the Zarek Grant, which was a grant for young cartoonists and up-and-coming cartoonists Every year, they would give out thousands of dollars of their turtle hmm. money to people who were like just starting in the industry, which I think is really cool. Like, yeah. who knows if they were shit men in the rest of their life, but they like had these beliefs, they held to them, they acted on them. It's, that's cool. And they invented turtle money. I love that. Yeah, they invented turtles. <laughs> well, to, to the uh, Laird in particular seems to be very like wanting to retain control of that property and kind of has throughout the history of it, right? He still is, like, co-writing, I think. Yeah, we'll maybe get yeah, to that at the yeah, end of the yeah. episode, but... Well, um, and, and one thing, okay, I don't know if we're going to leave behind the original, uh, what this is very clearly an update of, but have you read uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness? Yes. That, that actual book? Yeah. And, and so, you know, for the supplements, like, they did, like, they did comics for each right. of these supplements, which I think is a crazy, mm. crazy thing. Yeah, and the the original book, the role playing game mm-hmm. book, features like Eastman and Laird art 
it looks yeah. their art is so cool it's like so yeah. if you've only seen the cartoon just quick google like eastman laird ninja turtles it's like inky and splattery and like angular and mm-hmm. it's cool um i don't know here's the book how okay how different is it i want to know so how can... different is the original comic from no is the old the old rpg so oh now um, yeah, I'm curious too because I have no experience. With the old RPG is like pretty clunky. Like it is the yeah. same oh, yeah, system that riffs. Is, yeah, I was gonna say there's not is much. Not clunky at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean it's like it's. I we'll get to this eventually once we describe the game a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it uses the same system as riffs. Um, it's not necessarily meant. It doesn't feel fun. <laughs> Whereas I'm excited for this game. I think this game is cool. I just, uh, as a like a little, the idea that a game that uses percentage die but also d20s when in combat, and then you have to add three different dice, uh, three different numbers to every roll you make, being the not clunky version, is great. <laughs> yes. I really like that. That's yeah, rad. Well, but uh-huh. here, here's the thing: in the original version, yes, you have those formulas, right? Which I think that should be a red flag, but the formulas weren't actually correct in the, in the original mm, yes, that would thing, make it, right? That would yeah. make it harder. Uh, Unplayable is very different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so, Mutants in the Now. Yeah, Max said it's a, there's a D100 percentage-based system. When it gets into combat, you're rolling a D20. Um, Based you... on some skill difference, I to be honest, it it went over my head a little bit. Thank you. Oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, there was there's so many numbers oh, like that my just. God. And the, I again, think it... I, like, I'm I'm the I'm definitely the neophyte compared to everybody's like history with RPGs on this podcast, and uh, I was just immediately underwater. So hearing you say that is, <laughs> it was it was a lot. Really it was a lot. I just couldn't uh, get it was just the rolling like I was like there's yeah, a lot in this yeah, book oh, but absolutely. like oh you have a bunch of different you have eight stats and then mm-hmm. you and then those stats intersect in some way for combat <laughs> that results in some yeah. kind of magical d20 roll and I didn't well, the stats are like pers- like you, zero to a hundred the thing that that really immediately threw me was like you have stats and then depending on how we spell the stats it's going to be one number or another number it's like if the st- if it's if it's three <laughs> letters then it's the prime modifier and if we spell it like uh, that it's the right away, I knew I was again, in trouble yeah, yeah. <laughs> again ask, asking 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 calculations to be done when playing a game seems yes. it's very the same as dnt where like you have your it strength is not, score it, no and then you have a strength modifier it it might be the same as dnd but like i never felt like i had to do math in dnd i felt like this was capital m math and absolutely i, I don't i i think math is for cowards and uh, wow. a- and atheists, so that's why I love math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll live over here right in hedonism land with my math. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, I think percentage. I think this is like a downside of percentage systems mm-hmm. is that percentage systems feel mathier if you complicate them at all. I right. think they're really lovely and mm-hmm. elegant when you don't add, when you don't make mm-hmm. things. A lot of things add or subtract from them. Yeah. Uh, but once you do say like, okay, so you have your you have your skill base, and then you have like three other things that you're adding to it, and then you're rolling 
uh, right. percentage, I think it gets a little complicated. And I also think that when you look at a table and that table has six numbers <laughs> on it and I three love of the them, two of them this. are single digit, two of them are percentage, one of them has a letter in it and one of them is double digit. And I, there's like my eyes are just like, I don't. It's it's yeah, almost like how. peeking under the hood too much to the point where it <laughs> yes. stops making sense. I do and, think it like as I was reading it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a lot of old D and D things. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 a diss, right? Like that's mm-hmm. nobody says that because it's good. Mm-hmm. Nobody says like, oh yeah, it's just like D and D. That's super streamlined and well thought out design system, unless people are only but and and unless you're a person who really loves D and D. And if you're a person who really loves D and D, you're going to play D twenty modern. You're not going right. to play mutants yeah. in the now. Well, I I think and I I told Aaron about this. Um, Which so Aaron? I, you you you. <laughs> it's the you first nicknames. time that's come up. Yeah. yeah well, and you know, brief sidebar. I got to say, it, we have had this problem obviously for a long time. Uh, we got two errands in this this group of, of folks, and you uh, haven't fought to the death yet. I don't know. Really. And there and there was actually so in the, like the daily chat that we have going on, it is just universally accepted that Aaron King is always AK, <laughs> right? Yep. And and I get to be Aaron, yeah. uh, which I, I, I appreciate very much. Uh, but we also had a, we had a third in, Aaron. I was in our campaign <laughs> that Aaron ran, where a friend of mine who is a, a chef who like worked down the street at the bar and restaurant on my block uh, was also named Aaron. And one day was like, "Hey, you play D and D, right? I want to do that." And so he started showing up, and we had a moment where we had three Aarons in the room, and we had to like figure that out. And for whatever reason, uh, that session or that that game we decided that uh, Aaron King would be known as Aaron Prime <laughs> uh, which is also like has a nice ring to it because mm-hmm. you know they absolutely were the, the the reason we were all there so yeah Aaron Prime uh, and then Aaron Edwards I think didn't he go by his character name I can't remember what well I feel was. like people also called him Chef Aaron which is yes that was it Chef Aaron yep mm-hmm. which I like and again and I think I just got to default were just to just Aaron, Aaron. Again, I, I I really appreciate it. But anyway, sorry to, uh, to sidetrack. This is going to be an increasing problem as we go on. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just roll with it. So you were talking about that, Aaron. Boy, yeah, I have no idea what I was talking about. Um, no, no, okay. So uh, the so the, the writer of this, Julian Kay, right, he, he's known for, before doing this, he is one of the guys who on the Something Awful forums – which, if for those people who are listening who don't know, something awful is, is the reason. Flag. This is my red well, flag. This is my red flag. Hold on. Carry on. Hold on. Hold on. Something awful is, is always a red flag. Is why the internet is the way it is. So yep, that sure is. Yes. But, but anyway, what one thing that he he did? He started this uh, mega thread like Fatal and Friends of reviewing of doing textually what you guys are doing of going through old RPG manuals. Right. Wait. Julian different K conclusions, wrote, apparently. Julian yeah. K wrote those? He he was one of the writers, yeah. His, oh, shit. His, his username, I've read he's, a bunch of those. He's Alien Ropeburn. Like, that's his username. Oh. So he is the one who reviewed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness, and you can tell... He like he you can tell he he is he loves the system. He loves the turtles, right? And I think it's very clear that this game is a is a update of what is arguably, I think, objectively, not a good game originally that has been brought into 2023 with a lot of love and care, but also a lot of, like, keeping what makes that game that game. Um, yeah. 
And for me, that's, you know, the, the issue for me is at its core, it's not type of game I want to play. Oh, right? I, I want to play this. I want to, I especially <laughs> want to play it like with Julian or with play someone who has like, <laughs> I, gu- I guess that's what I'll end up doing. We'll, we'll get to that as well. Because this is, we've had people on the show talk about games as OC generators, mm-hmm. like character fanfic generators. The character mm-hmm. creation for this is so fun, I think. Agreed. Yeah. I, I would play this it's game. It's a lot. Yeah. If if you ran it, Aaron Prime, <laughs> and if you made my character for me based on my suggestions. <laughs> I would play this game if uh if Aaron did what every dungeon D D dungeon old school dungeon master did in uh the history of time and you took on all of the responsibility <laughs> for the yes. math. Yes. If you took right. on, mm-hmm. if somebody was like, I will I will be rules master of this game mm-hmm. and I will tell you exactly what you need to roll and when, yeah. then fine. And I, I you know, I, I don't mean to tell stories out of school, but I'm looking at a quote from earlier today from Aaron Prime uh, <laughs> that, from fuck? our group chat that reads, <laughs> I'm tired of telling people to tell which dice to roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picked out. I'm not getting invited to meet yeah. something now, I guess. This, this, is, this, is, bringing, this is bringing hearsay into this trial, though, so I don't, <laughs> I don't appreciate Hillary that. Clinton, yeah. but her emails. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's, I think you can get the whole vibe of the game by the fact that like the first thing that you're, in, that you're introduced to when you open this book is the glossary of terms, which yeah. gives you really like, the vibe of mm-hmm. how technical this game considers itself right mm-hmm. like this is like a this is this is a textbook <laughs> this is not yeah. an enjoyable read this is not right. like meant it's just like this is gonna walk you through all of the rules that you need to play this game of which there are many i'm, it, I'm it curious walks, Aaron, it walks you through the, it walks you through about. them well i think <laughs> it does not so it gives well. you a glossary you get into the character creation it gives you the steps you're gonna go through and it even says like hey, this is a lot of steps, let's lay them out. Um, and there are nine steps, and it put, it fits them all on one page, which is great layouts, and it, it tells you kind of what each step is, and then it follows with a more uh, intricate view of each of those steps, and it walks you through it. I think, like, so I have made, with a, a group of others, a character for this game. I had a ton of fun. There is some cross-referencing you have to do, but if you just sit down with some friends and say, we're going to spend two hours, there's some cross-referencing, but it's fun. And you get, I made like a weird little cat man who had been in jail <laughs> and learned to fight jailhouse rock style and like was just <laughs> this weird jail cat ex-con escaped convict. Like, and right. that all came from like the rolls on the table. And I thought that was really fun. There's like a good aspect of emergent character creation by rolling on this table. I, I, I actually, say, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I it, it's weird because so much of this game felt way too granular and way too math focused for me, but the whole first half of the book is character creation. Yes. It goes into like page yeah, that 72 nine pages or something. Yeah, 70 pages to yeah. explain, or that nine uh, steps takes 70 It's not explaining, there's but, tables, no, there's flogged tables. But, but I do, like I agree with you, Aaron Prime, like uh, it, I felt like it would be really fun to sit down with that and just spread open the book on the table 
and go through the process, which is laid out. You know, it's it's detailed and it's granular, and there's just a lot to keep track of. But it is laid out, in and it a does yeah, like follow fashion. It'll say like, and, roll on this table. Here's what page yeah, it's on. Like, I, I the idea of like making a very specific character with all of that detail and like coming out of it with just something incredibly unique and weird was very appealing to me. And then that same like granularity and amount of math like carries over into playing the game, and that's kind of where I checked out. I actually, I really like the character creation and it's, it's, it's something that, you know, again, you know, I've, I've learned at the feet of Aaron King uh, in terms of RPGs. And one of the things that I've appreciated about like all the games that you've run that I've been a part of is that building phase at the beginning of a campaign. Like we've done all kinds of like creative uh uh, strategies to like world build, right? We've done like you, you took from uh, what we did, like a beyond the wall sort of inspired thing, right? Which Pete ran the, for me, yeah, yeah, right. Where we created like the whole map before we started playing, we did that collaboratively, and like the, the, that aspect of it, I'm actually really into. And again, like as somebody less experienced, I'm I'm super down for whatever recommendations you have. I'm sure there's got to be somebody out there that's like, I've made a whole game that's just about character creation. I would weirdly be into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, this I, game, I, I you did just forget. You just rip it. it half. Exactly. Yeah, this game. <laughs> the first half of this book is uh, Beyond the Wall is like an OSR adjacent game by Flatland mm -hmm. Games. Um, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of love, but it's a great game. It is a he, fun. It's a yeah. fun game. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and look at that. Go read that. Do it. Um, um, yeah. Even I liked the character. Like, I think there's a lot of like fun, evocative stuff in here for making a character. I don't really ever want to make an OC, but the mm -hmm. I could see it being a fun group activity. I would not yeah. like. I don't want to play this game where the expectation is that you come with your character. Oh no no no! One. You have no, to right. do it together. Uh, yeah. Because the thought of like sitting here for six hours referencing things. <laughs> also, like it's not a nice PDF experience. <laughs> so, like they, when you need to jump back and forth between a million pages, and it's only in PDF. I want I want a fun PDF. I think it's that like the implications of things. Like you have takebacks in character creation, so mm -hmm. you can like counteract or like re-roll something. Yeah, and basically, I, if you don't like what you roll. Yeah, then... but at no point did I under did I really understand how mechanical advantages would work so i didn't ever feel like i would be able to make an informed choice on what oh, i would yeah. want to change because to I didn't, me it's more it about just, like, like didn't work to me like figuring out how the actual game runs i could not figure it out <laughs> to me take backs are all about like oh i rolled that i'm a muskrat but i really wanted to be a moose yeah so, so i'm like, gonna use my take back you know this be is a my moose least favorite instead. thing right we, we we've been here before moose? i hate a take back if you're gonna roll something roll something <laughs> uh, if you want to choose Choose it, choose it. Uh, I like mm -hmm. it. Some people surrender are to the tides of chaos <laughs> and roll your dice. Well, and I think uh, maybe maybe that's the problem. Like there is this sort of chaotic random element, right? Like I I'm rolled up a character too, right? I was a chicken assassin who yes. fought via panic, uh, flailing around. Oh, that um, was my favorite fighting style. Yes. <laughs> I um, made a note about that one. But but here's the thing. I tuned out of character creation as soon as I got into the, uh, the the skill packages, right? Once it turned from that chaotic randomness to, okay, let's do some arithmetic. Um, <laughs> then then I, I, I tuned out of it. And I think merging those two very dis, like very different mindsets is, is hard to do. 
uh, with this text. I mean, we we say this all the time, but like the idea that a game needs to be sledgehammered because I'm like, what you just said was like, that's four tables. Those are four mm-hmm. lists. I don't need mechanics for those. That is fun because you're playing a chicken assassin who knows the panic fighting style. That is mm-hmm. a series of words that could be one single page. <laughs> you know, like they're not. And the the I don't actually want to know anything. Like when I got to the fighting styles, I was like, oh god, I don't want to know the fighting style associated <laughs> with whatever or like. <laughs> Like, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, the skill packages also were bananas in that I was like, wait, do I get these skills? No, I have to choose from these skills. And then I have to, yeah. like, look at the, and which also tied into, like, le- when I got to leveling up, I was like, you can choose one skill, but it has to be a marked skill. I don't, I didn't ever got the, like, sometimes mm-hmm. if you, you have to mark a skill. So if you want in your take, when you your fail, take-backs, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you use a take back in character creation, right. you have to mark it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when you level up, you can only level up marked skills unless you have more levels up than you do have marked skills. Uh, which was fine, I guess. There's just a lot. It's just a lot. I think the like the fun the fun parts are totally there, and like the I'm I'm here for the mutants. Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles was a yeah. I think my that's as a that youth. is a huge part of like the experience of reading this for me was trying to square like my very long deep history with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of the various like spinoffs and also rands that spun off from it um, with these systems. And there were times where like in character creation where you have like these evolutionary mutation tracks where sometimes it's like, why Why is it in here? Oh, there's my dog. Why is it in here? Okay, we're going to let him bark it out. Go ahead, buddy. And he came home. Way. We're very excited. And chill. All right. Um, so there were times where in the evolutionary mutation tracks in the character creation where it'd be like diet, right? Like, do you eat, you know, uh, awful do you eat uh you know just plants just meat whatever do you eat junk food and it was kind of like in my head like why is this game building characters uh that would eat anything but like pizza you know what i mean like why are we not all eating pizza and doing extreme sports because it just seems like it's such a part of the of the of the world that we're trying to create here that like why why do i have to spend points to like not eat pizza we should all be also I mean, one of my very few notes about this game, I realize I've said a lot of things, but like one of the only things I actually wrote down was like a thing I don't like about the tracks is that it really prioritizes full ability in a way that makes me feel quite icky. Like the goal of all of the tracks is to get is to be a fully able bodied Mm -hmm. body, right? Mm -hmm. Like and everything that diverges from that is where like. One, a lot of interesting, like if we're talking about the realm of, the realm of mutation, then we're kind of already talking a, a little bit adjacent to disability and like mm-hmm. the themes are going to come up, right? And so it is yep. like, you kind of have to to address it head on, I think, if you want to make this game and, you know, saying that you can level up your grasping to be prehensile or you're mm-hmm. leveling up from nonverbal to semi-verbal to fully yeah. vocal, right? Like these are these aren't not weighted concepts that you're yeah. and by putting them in leveled up as opposed to just and they come with like disadvantages and advantages, right? Like there's also that is all written in that text and to not just say mm. these are different 
experiences or these are different bodies or whatever and that's actually like what makes your character interesting and compelling and like gives you a different look at the world yeah. is eh, makes me one... feel a little icky as I was reading it I was like I get <laughs> yeah. I get what we're trying to do I just feel like I don't want to play in that world where that hierarchy is the one that really so stuck in. out to me was when it described like um, hearing ability and like the track is like you deaf to uh sensing vibration Mm -hmm. to hearing and it just it's weird that you have to like buy in to sensing vibration where like if you are a deaf person or a deaf you know anthropomorphic animal whatever like vibration is how you live your life you know like it it, it's weird that that's something you would need to level up into it just felt kind of yeah gross and like again that that you were you're meant to like progress along this track and become a creature I think if you took out the progression, I think you'd get rid of a lot of that, right? Like if you were just like totally, this, mm. you're gonna roll on some different ways that your your like physical or neurological experience is like impacting your character. I'm like, I'm great for that. But the right, second we yeah. put like a, a value and a, a, a better or worse on which, those yeah. things, yeah, which, which is a bit disappointing that that is that that is in there and that, you know, is is read that way because throughout the book, I think Kay does a good job of, you know, um, trying to make this as inclusive as possible, right? And trying to take a book that, uh, and he, he calls us out in the, in his review of the original uh, Turtles RPG that like Paladin's original uh, core rule book had an insanity table. One of the right. one of right one of the roles in the insanity table is homosexuality, and he he you know he ran, he ranted against that for quite some time, rightfully so. As a um, raging homosexual, I love those things. <laughs> I, I don't love like insanity. because it's like fucking forty years ago or whatever. Like obviously, right. I wouldn't be pleased with the game doing it now. Right, but, like, but a, it's as just, a cult classic. It's mm-hmm. just a, but even well, anyway, in this book, he mentions that like, hey. You know, mutants, the mutants are a marginalized population, but we should yeah. not view them as a metaphor for marginalized real human beings. Like, don't don't try to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe this is this is our transition into game design permissions, mm-hmm. uh, game designer permissions. Like, it's easy to read mutants as metaphors for marginalized people. Don't do that. It's like, oh, not I even can't... it's easy to read them. They're, they are marginalized in this <laughs> right. world game. I can't don't... Right. do that. Because it's also like, let's be real, the best X-Men movie is the one where it's like, these are all just gay people. Like, this is a, this is a thing. Like, we <laughs> do that with mutants, right? Like, that's actually one of the reasons mutants exist in media is to talk about stories of marginalization through a lens yeah. that's a little bit more comfortable. And so it's really weird to be like... Don't do that. Also, like, I'm a marginalized person. Don't fucking tell me what to do if I want to play a marginalized right. character as a, as a metaphor for my marginalization, right? Like, that's a, that's, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm in team don't pe- tell people what to do unless your game yeah. is very streamlined and strict. Like, unless a part of your game design is strictness. Right, yeah. Then don't really, then don't tell people. But maybe, mm-hmm. do you guys, how are we, how do we feel well, about telling people what to do? Let's, it was let's very interesting, Twitter. like, we were, we were talking about this in the green room. Uh, but uh, there's this idea. The green room the is where we went to change into mutants before we started. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, we, a, we, it's tur- turtle green. It's yeah. the goop um, room. Right. L- listener, it's important to realize we have all painted ourselves green. 
we're all on camera and we're, we're sort all of on glowing. Camera. Yeah. <laughs> What's hilarious is Friday is my testosterone day, so like 20 minutes before coming onto this podcast, you did I injected. I, in- I mutated. I injected my <laughs> mutation juice into my Your goop. into my thigh. I'm a goop. The man goop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different one, actually. Ugh. Oh. Um, less gross, more gross. I don't um, know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Here, anyway, do you, you want to do hidden, in, hidden curriculum? Yeah, then? in the green room. <laughs> um, we we're talking about so so. Uh, Pete and I are, are both educators, and um, there's this concept in the world of education um, that I've always heard described as the hidden curriculum, uh, which is the idea that like as a teacher, you are by default an authority figure right like no matter what you do to sort of work against that or you know establish a different set of rules and norms in a classroom like you're just going to be the authority figure so it's this idea that like you need to be prepared at times to tell everybody to do something uh with the idea unsaid in the back of your head that part of what the students are going to learn to do is to break those rules, right? And to, to not specifically do the thing that you told them. And it's really, it's one of those things where you can't, you can't say it out loud without kind of breaking the spell, right? You can't say like, well, this is a rule, but you can feel free to break it if you want. You kind of just as the authority figure have to say, this is the rule and then let the students do that work of figuring out how to break it and not necessarily let you know that they're breaking it, right? Like Mm -hmm. the idea that like, if you find a way to complete an assignment more efficiently, (laughs) right? I'm not talking about cheating, but like, can you give an example of this? Yeah. Well, it's like, um, you know, if, if you're, so Pete, I mean, you've been uh, working a lot as an English teacher, right? With like right. struggling with AI and that's like a whole Ex- can of yeah. worms, right? Yeah. And I, I can give you an example that I actually just used the other day. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, we have uh, been, yeah, rallying against AI in any in any way. But the thing is, it's, it, and I don't want to call it AI because it's not really AI, <laughs> right. but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so instead of denying and not letting kids use it, I think it is rather better to let them use it as a tool, right? So, uh, I did a lesson explaining they're, they're doing, uh, field research right now where they have to create a survey and interviews, um, and they're struggling with questions. And I said, well, you know, maybe it is a good idea to use you know, chat uh, GPT as a way to reformat your questions into what you are actually wanting to ask. And so I was able to turn that into a lesson where they fed their questions into there and it spit out uh, reworded, better format specific questions. The hidden curriculum there is I'm teaching them to use that as a tool when they know what they want to say, but maybe don't know how to phrase it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's also a little confusing and complicated because hidden curriculum can also refer to, you know, anything the student learns at school that is not specifically taught to them, right? Like they, they are learning how to be uh, good, good employees, unfortunately, like good right. office workers at school. And they're learning to uh, use time management well. Um, it also, in some ways, has a negative aspect where, as an English teacher, uh, the hidden curriculum is based on the text I choose or don't choose, and the voices mm-hmm. I choose to amplify or not amplify in my classroom. That's our hidden curriculum. 
right? Yeah. Um, so if we turn that to a game design process, <laughs> um, right. you know, the hidden curriculum here, when a game designer tells you to not do something, is both telling you, you know, think around it a different way, but I don't, and it, I'm, I'm struggling to think of an example for, for this game in particular. Because uh, you know, well, that's because I feel well, like this game is not trying to do a hidden curriculum. I, I, right? so I, think, <laughs> I think it's trying to. I think it's trying to overexplain everything to me. Right. Yeah. So, so at the start, yeah. there's there's kind of a in the kind of what is a role playing game section at the start of this game, they're like, you might be a bat mutant, and you're perched on this roof, and you see some people break into an electronics store, and they're stealing stuff. And like, what mm. makes an RPG different from other storytelling mediums is that now you get to choose what to do. You might go down there and beat them up. You might go grab something for yourself. You might try to organize them into like a more organized, better group of criminals to like fight the power. Um, and I think that is a nice sort of spread of options. Like if you're new to games, to try to say like, it's not a video game where you go in and, and they only have a health bar and you're mm -hmm. going down there to beat them up. You could also try to make friends with them. You could let them leave and steal something. You could, you know, um, approach it as a social situation. Uh, but yeah, it, it there's a lot of stuff in other sections where it is sort of like, it, it gives a breadth of options, and then there are other parts where it's like, there's only this one option. You're a mutant, right. and you're not a marginalized person. Mm -hmm. You're only a mutant. Don't even worry about that other stuff. Well, and um, it seems like that's maybe, that's part of the struggle of taking this this very dated system and dated mm -hmm. style of game and style of writing and trying to make it inclusive, right? Yeah, I think there's... This is the thing, I mean, I think we talk about this a lot, but I think about this a lot, the idea of, like political legacy but in a subtle way <laughs> like in a semi-hidden <laughs> way right yeah, like what is yeah. the what what is the the core like the little inherent bits that like you can't actually like design out of a thing and and how mm -hmm. sometimes i'm like you know like the stuff we're nostalgic for that we liked as a kid we don't need to actually bring into the future it can live mm -hmm. in the past in right. our memories and we can let mm -hmm. it go as like something that was of the era and not try to replicate that because i do think it's really hard like it's funny because mutant Mutant turtles actually feels like kind of easy like it's just mm -hmm. a mutant turtle you know like if you just like <laughs> stuck with a mutant turtle that's it's not like right inherently offensive in any way shape or form you know like right there it, it feels like one of the easiest things to be like, I can modernize this. You're just a weird turtle who likes pizza and wants to skateboard. But I don't want to be a turtle that likes pizza. I want to be a bottlenose dolphin that only eats kelp. And it meets your turtle who likes pizza. And we have a little moment where it's like, oh, you love that pizza. I see you. I can only eat this weird thing. But that yeah, but then it's not like Teenage stuff. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then it's just right. a it is, the, and there like, are lots of it. It, it, it is, but that that's it. Aaron, <laughs> which Aaron turtles? Prime is which right. Ninja Turtles? <laughs> that's the thing. He, he, this is the attempt to like square what what like forty years and multiple right. iterations of the a movies, franchise, the comics, the other yeah. comics, the, the other, other movies, comics, the, cartoons, the other movies, the other, the other cartoons. cartoons, right? <laughs> Trying to mash all like one one thing I I think is a big misstep uh, is the the inclusion of psychic powers. Uh, like, I love well, the psychic well, okay. powers so much. But 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 here's the thing: I agree there should be weird shit 
But, like, why psionics? Why not magic or aliens? Why mental powers other than it was originally psionics in the original version? Mm. Right? But if you have the book open in front of you, please go to page 90 and look at the psionic, like, Pomeranian, maybe, who's, like, maybe summoning a block of bricks behind its Pomeranian radiating brain. Like, the art in this book rules. That's Mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to say. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, now, Pete, when you say shit, are you referring to the superficial harm now, threshold? Now, I do. I, I have to say, I have to say, the the one of my notes the, is the literally superficial they, they harm get, threshold. Shit. Well, no, no, and and he, in I I do love that because you literally kick the shit out of people like that is yeah. how you fight, and I uh, it, I it love has that. to be knowing right like I, it, it has to be it does yep and I he's, think this he's, game is good he uh, and, again and just doing my like research. For, for context if you haven't read the book so <laughs> there is like this concept of superficial harm threshold which is like the damage that you take before you actually start taking HP damage. And it is abbreviated to SHT, capital SHT, everywhere across the mm-hmm. book. So every mm-hmm. time it's like, you know, yeah, you lose shit. <laughs> you if lose your, your shit. shit. Is at zero? Yeah. If you lost happens. all your shit. Um, <laughs> I think I keep thinking about like gothic churches. And how churches just got hurt. Sure. Yeah, me. right. But we're me talking too. about this me game too. all the time. Sorry, this is my this is my podcast. <laughs> but like, churches just keep like getting bigger and more intricate and baroque yeah. and fancy, or mm-hmm. even like uh, trilobites as they evolve. Um, <laughs> like if they find a safe environment and they're evolving, their shells get like fancy and big and overbearing, but they don't care because they're just eating their little plant bits and no one's the predator on them and so they get big and fancy and slow and then a predator shows up and kills them all because they got too fancy and slow i, I want a nature documentary narrated by you <laughs> yes. <this point. laughs> um, and then they got too fancy i love this game as like just this like big baroque thing where it's like let's hang a gargoyle on this corner let's do a stained glass window how many mm-hmm. panes does the stained glass window need let's try 500 like i think it's a technical manual written by an expert and that's not for everybody, but I love walking through a crazy church every once in a while. I think, I think that's right on the money. You know, like what everybody's been saying about like just how much this is trying to uh, uh, encompass 40 years of world building Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the various iterations that that has taken over time. I went in, you know, like, I mean, the pitch for this, when Aaron Prime reached out to Pete and I, I was like, are you into Ninja Turtles? And I was like, yes, absolutely. The <laughs> first cassette tape I ever owned was the Coming Out of Our Shells tour uh, available at local Pizza Huts near Pizza you. Pizza Huts, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely, you know, have a deep abiding love for the original, you know, cartoons and early movies. And I, uh, so, you know, wrongfully assumed that the book was going to be really replicating that. And it even opens, like, with that, like, the board meeting notes yeah. at the opening Which, of the book. Where, yeah, I love Like, I, I was reading it as, like, this kind of great meta commentary on the fact that, like, the Ninja Turtles absolutely came out of, like, that that era in the 80s of like 100% boardroom driven decisions of like what would be great is if we had a cartoon 
with cool characters that would make for great toys and like we gave them all these accessories and like just very corporate boardroom driven uh, decision making and I thought like it was teeing us up for kind of an interesting like meta level you know meta layer uh, on on that aspect of the Ninja Turtles but then it just you know dives deep into like different kinds of martial arts and you know how your animal might evolve and it, it, that kind of fell by the wayside but it, um, it does like also undermine that like well like you said one of the martial arts is panic I'm sorry I'm the defender of this game I just think no I just I, don't, I'm I thought I was going to defend it more and I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm, I'm falling a little bit into the negative <laughs> column just uh, without me even trying to and I apologize I, there's a lot that I loved about it and yeah like the panic mo mo uh, move uh, or the panic fighting style was definitely I love that you can be a canary and your special ability can be coal mine uh, <laughs> where it literally like just allows you to like give an early warning to people and be like something's not right here yeah if you're danger. a beagle your special ability is called beagling and it's like <laughs> you can track something at your yeah. normal speed, but also if yeah. you find it, you get really happy. You like there's, heal there's just stuff. so much cool stuff in here, and I think there are little nuggets. There are fun yeah, little nuggets. Yeah, and, and it's it is up to you to like dig out what you want and reject what you don't. And that's kind of that hidden curriculum piece too that we were talking about, right? Is like mm. I feel like it is impossible to take this book in its totality and like try and wrap your head around everything. The hidden curriculum, part of the hidden curriculum, I think, of this book is like just you know, there's stuff in here you're gonna like. Take that, and I'm don't, maybe say don't something sweat extremely so much. controversial, <laughs> but brave. No, not even. I wish this was a five e book. Like I just like <laughs> oh, this is the I, actual if, game mechanics of this mm -hmm. game are wretched, and I don't want them. <laughs> and if you just gave me like either a system agnostic, but if you wanted to have things like specific special abilities that had specific mechanical implications, just take a system that everybody kind of already jives with on some level. Because even those of us that don't like it, it, yeah. it, has, it has weaseled its way into some ancient brain cells and will forever hold court there, you know? Like, it's never... Mm -hmm. And so you are talking about kind of like a shared language already. And this one is so... It's like... It's like similar, but all the words are different, <laughs> and like that just I makes like it, it so hard. Uh, I uh, want I want something to feel similar, but the words are different. <laughs> I, it's I like that feeling of alienation. Yeah, I mean maybe, but I just that, I I think you know I think we're trying to like juggle the difference between are we saying everyone should read this, but here are the problems, or are we saying Hey, are Reading you the, it is the best are you, time you're going to have with it. So. Are you the freak that wants to play this? Let's find those freaks and get it to them. Like, I'm I in guess... freak mode. I want to find the people that want to be an American quarter horse mutant. Yeah, but... I mean, I want to be that. I just don't want to roll D100 plus four different acronyms. Like, I want to be that weird little character. Yeah. I just don't want to have to engage with it the way this game wants me to engage with it. I want to be that little character and play Gamma World or like Plasmotics or like, right? Like there's so many like, or just a simple OSR game where I, I want to play this in Tunnel Goon so I can just roll a D20 and forget about what the mechanics are and just focus on how I can assassinate people with my chicken beak. Well, and, you know? and that's, that's the thing. Like the, the mechanics are weighing everything down. Like, so I, I read two uh, role-playing manuals this week, this one and then 
my school's like D&D <clears throat> nerd club kids, they want me to run a one shot for them and they voted on uh, Monster Care Squad, right? Which I know you guys have reviewed before. Um, but but here's the thing. They have only played 5e. It's going to blow their mind in, I think, the best way. But here's the thing. Uh, Monster Care Squad, you know, uh, my PDF of it is 178 pages. This is 122. Monster Care Squad, I, I got within like half an hour and I figured everything out. This, I am still trying to figure out the basic mechanics. And just like the the... The formulas, the calculations, all of that weighs down. Like, the soggy middle of this book weighs down what I think is an excellent introduction with character building and an excellent conclusion with some GMing stuff and some, you know, at, at least attempting to be thoughtful ideas about, like, vigilanteism probably isn't actually very good, guys, um, stuff yeah. at the end there. Like, yeah. the the... The general rules, the combat rules, the dramatic rules, like that's that is what is weighing down everything else for me. Yeah, that was that was my curve with it as well, for sure. Like I did actually enjoy this the classic soggy middle character yeah. building <laughs> and the end stuff when we got into like here's how sort of a campaign progresses, here's mm -hmm. how you approach this as a GM. The, like, that the, all there are cool like factions yeah. or like kind of mm -hmm. campaign setups that yeah. cover like corporate yep. boardrooms, but also like extra dimensional Krang aliens and like yep. a lot of fun <laughs> stuff at the end of the book as well. Yeah. And there are even elements like in the soggy middle, like I made lots of notes about things that I did really like. Like I like the idea of uh, escalation in combat, yes. right? Yeah. Like the Which idea is from 13th that... age. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's credited in the end of the book. Um, you know, there, there's little nuggets here and there. I love like uh, montage XP. That's freaking great. Um, but, Talk about uh, montage XP. Oh, yeah. Well, so that and that comes sort of more on the, the crunchy exterior of the book towards the end there when you're talking about like how a campaign is structured and you've got like uh, you can get XP from uh, story and skill and montage. Those are sort of the three categories that it breaks it down into. Right. And uh, and most XP with few exceptions is just awarded to the group, which also I think is great, you know, for uh, like, again, a very like Ninja Turtle, you know, Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, like this whole group should just level up together as one. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and so like story is further broken down and again in a way that I love that really kind of nods to the history of, you know, Ninja Turtles and these other other franchises where it's like this could be an episodic story which is just like sort of a one-off and it's resolved by the end of it and that has a certain amount of xp or maybe this is a serialized story where it's ongoing and you're you know one taking it one chunk at a time and that has its own amount of xp and then there's the subplot story awards that are like you as a player might sort of work with the gm and be like hey i feel like this is a subplot for my character and something i'm working to resolve and that will award its own XP. And so mm -hmm. I, I like that. And then the skill uh, XP I like as well um, for what uh, Max was talking about at the top of the, um, the idea that when you fail a skill in gameplay, you mark it, and then you have to upgrade marked skills when you level up. So it's this cool thing of like, the, it's the things that you failed at and that you you are not necessarily so great at that you will slowly get better at just by nature of playing. I think that's that's kind of clever. Um, 
And then I, yeah, absolutely love the third montage category because it's literally just like when you decide as a group, uh, you can just have a montage. Right. And it's a training montage. A training or like montage. you meet, a, you know, an, um, an old mentor figure shows up and you just sort of role play out, like tell, tell the story of the montage and what happens. And then everybody gets XP because you went through a montage. That's great. Mm-hmm. So what everyone's saying is this game rules. We're going to play it. We're going to hang up. We're going to stop the podcast. We're going to play this game together. No, th- this this game does not rule. <laughs> um, but again, it, it is such a... It, it, I, I think this game is trying to do, again, n- not an impossible thing, but the difficult thing of being a love letter to a bad game a love letter something we don't need to love <laughs> to, to something right well and, and even again julian Cade does not seem to have a lot of reverence for a lot of these rules like again in that fatal and friends review like he rags on the uh psionics rules he talks about uh how xp uh i just want to read his one little part here um he's talking about how the original Ninja turtles game assigns xp um, we get three section. We get a section on the three things a GM should keep in mind when assigning XP. It should primarily be given for playing a character and sticking to the defined personality, whatever that might entail. After that, reward those who think cleverly as a player, whatever that might entail. <laughs> Lastly, it says that you should never give XP based on friendship and only the performance of the player. And I'm <sighs> quoting directly from the book. Just consider if you were keeping score in a card game, would you give more points to your buddies? No one gets experience. No one gets experience points. They earn them by playing in character and using their wits. And his only response to that quote is just an eye roll, right? <laughs> so he he is not above criticizing it, but then he, I think, makes some bizarre choices in wanting to be authentic to the experience of this bad game. Also, a lot of dudes on the internet think that really chunky games are really good. I'm yeah. just going to throw this out there, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. there is just, like, most people who play role-playing games. Yeah. I, you think... have all... I have not been critical of this game so far in this podcast, maybe. But there are... You know, you get through the main rules, and then it does hit the point where it's, like, toxins, drowning, mm-hmm. encumbrance. And I'm just like, I truly... You mean I love... statuses versus states? No, that's <laughs> those different. Are both, those are that's both lists, different though. Thing. That's a different thing. What happens thing. if you get talk- it, you, the, the toxic status, thing. states, uh, shits, all the important stuff? <laughs> uh, but no, I, 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 yes, I think there is, there, you can go overboard in being sort of uh, responsive to these elder games. Yeah. Um, and I do see that in here. I sounds like liked more of it than you all did uh i think i'm just like i i mean we we keep talking about this but like i am becoming just increasingly fatigued with let's just take this shitty game and skin it to something cool take your cool rad game idea aka i want to make the game where you can be bebop and also a chicken assassin or whatever (laughs) and like do it justice by giving it a rule set that actually prioritizes what you're trying to make, right? Like there is just some part of me that like, and maybe it's this podcast that we keep reading them or like, I'm just old and grouchy or it's year three of the fucking pandemic and I don't talk to humans enough. Like, I don't know, but like the, 
do your games justice. Like give them the thing, the time they deserve. I guarantee you, you put so much work into these things. Like we all put so much work into these things. You don't need to take the old shitty stuff or even rely on what conventional knowledge says. Like take a big risk, make your weird little thing and like do the game design that suits that. Don't pick the game design that you think should have existed before or whatever, you know, like there is this, like, Mm. there's just so many of these games that are like, well, I did this because this is how games work. And every time I can see that process in a game, I just get so, so tired. (laughs) Like it's just, cause there is so much. And it is, it's like, there's not, it's not like there's not so much of this book that is fun and compelling and interesting. There's just all this other stuff. That's like, why would you taint it like that? Like, why would you do that? You have cool stuff. Focus on your cool shit. And if you don't want to make a, if you don't want to do the game design, if the game design isn't the thing that like really floats your boat. And I, and I'm, I'm saying that because it's not that game design doesn't go into making these things that replicate all these other things, but like there is less design involved in replicating an already existent system than there is in like trying to research all the different, like all the systems that exist or systems that kind of lean towards the type of gameplay you want to experience and like, and then play testing. Like I, it is hard for me to believe that they went through a round of, they went through a serious round of play testing this with different kinds of players without getting that, the feedback. If, if every mm-hmm. single person in this podcast, if four of four people are like, when I got to this section of the rules, like my eyes rolled back into my head, then <laughs> if they'd play tested, somebody would have given them that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to know who read the, the only line that I like quoted word for word in my notes, but who read this and understood it? Uh, it says, if they have no marks, then remove all marks and gain 10 XP per mark. What does that mean? What, how does that, that, <laughs> I think that's a typo. <laughs> that's, 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 that's strong typo vibes for me. Then <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the mathy elements of this game had that effect on me and, and rolled my eyes back in my head to that degree. But then it would win me back with like, you know, a montage or a canary in a coal mine or like there's lots of cool stuff, but it's, yeah, it's just very, you got to disentangle the good stuff from stuff that, yeah, feels very beholden to uh, something that maybe didn't need to be held on to. What's that old, like, is this a thing that people say or is this a thing that I just think? But, like, if you can't explain a complex thing simply, you don't really understand it. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's a game designer thing that, like, <laughs> needs to happen a little bit more. Because it's not, maybe it isn't that complicated in play. This is a thing we come up against in these old books all the time. Is that people who have played them and put in the hours of work to, like, gain some mm-hmm. kind of system mastery say, like, once it's applied and you get it, it's actually not that complicated. And I'm like, right. So then the error is in the explanation of it. Like, I don't know with this if it is as complicated as it reads or if it's reading or if the reading, like the writing is the part that's complicating it. <laughs> right. Um, because yeah. obviously like Aaron, you didn't have the same, like, well, fuck this. <laughs> that, that I did. No, but also I understand that when you enter the church, you must have reverence for the church. Is this the Trolodite church that you were talking about earlier? I love entering the church and not having reverence for the church, though. That's like my whole personality. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. You don't. It sounds like you don't want to be in that church and they don't want you in it. I once went to my cousin's wedding and it was like a big, like, church full mass, like, whatever, fucking hour and a half long chanting nonsense. <laughs> and I. My mom's Wiccan, right? And so, like, 
the least, the most anti, arguably the most anti-church you could be if you're not a part of the the Church of Satan. But, <laughs> um, and when we were leaving, she went back in to go pee, and I guess it just like conveniently was the time that the church was closing down, like everybody was starting to shut down. But she went to go pee, and the lights, somebody turned the lights off in the washroom while she was peeing, <laughs> and she apparently she came back out and described it, and she was like, and I just like looked at the ceiling and was like. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's that's how we enter a church in my family. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so wait, I'm I'm a little confused. Are we begging for mutants in the now's forgiveness right now? Or what exactly? <laughs> we I'm saying both, I think the lights were turned off while I was peeing. That's what's happening for me forgiveness and pissing on the floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Pissing in the dark, which is never great. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think the church demands a reference. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think like there's it. something to be said for meeting the book where it wants to be met, and I think you're yeah. much better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you well, know, like yeah. I think playtesting. Like if I'm gonna playtest a game, if I've written a game like this and I'm trying to playtest it, I'm not gonna bring it to you, Max. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna bring it to my OSR mm-hmm. friends or my rules light friends. I'm gonna bring it to people who are like, oh, I like a chunky game, or I like. Mm-hmm being a psychic Pomeranian mm-hmm. uh, after rolling on charts for half an hour. Um, so I don't like, I think playtesting is such a funny thing anyway, like in the vein mm-hmm. of marketing, like if you want to find a good quote for something, you can find someone who will say that thing. And this also, I guess, applies to all the chat GPT the stuff best. as well. Like if you want to find someone to affirm you, you can. Yeah, but right. that means you've done a bad job playtesting. Like, I it is a research know. skill. It is, there is a, or like, is whole, it a marketing like, skill? Well, it's, I mean, for me, it's like, I, mean, I live in academia, right? Like, it's a legit skill, and, like, that's why you do bring it to me. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the, if, if you don't want, like, if you're not looking for dissenting opinions, then you, you shouldn't playtest in the first place. If you want playtesting because you want to be able to say, oh, I playtested this and people said it was great, then, yes, sure. that's marketing. Well, like, testimonials also, like, is marketing. I have this goal over here. I want to achieve this totally. baroque, crunchy gargoyles hanging off a game. I'm not going to bring it to someone that's like, I like a minimalist household. I'm going to bring it to someone who's like, okay, I see this gargoyle. It's a shit gargoyle. Put this other gargoyle up instead. Like, I don't know. There's just like. You oh, could yeah. That's why I say, that... like, I think the internet men's might love it, you know? <laughs> but... Well, and I will say, like, you know, if, if Aaron Prime uh, told me tomorrow that, hey, I'm going to run uh, Mutants in the Now uh, and I'll be the GM. Uh, do you want to roll a, a weird little mutant character and play it? I, I would say yes, just based on my experience of every game I've ever played with Aaron. Uh, but I would definitely be leaning hard on them every step of the way, right? Like I would be, just be constantly <laughs> right. like, okay, so what does this mean? What do I roll? What What's happening? Right, it's uh, like a very curated experience. Yeah, I mean, it's I like would, the brewery so tour of RPGs. <laughs> right. Also, and, yeah. 
Also, the pitch for this game. The mechanics will be familiar to those who have played earlier games. Roll a d20 in combat and saves. Roll percentage dice for skills. But the mechanics are more universal, meaning there's less cro- cross-referencing. Clearly written <laughs> yeah, rules. I don't, I don't progressive twits. <laughs> I love this That's game. That's a typo also. That's a typo. <laughs> I love this, this is... game. There is a lot of cross-referencing. Um, this is, I'm just saying, like, if this is, that is, like, what the game designer is pitching the game as. So if you pitch that game to me as a yeah. playtester, I'm going to be like, yes. I mean, and then I'm going to look for those things and tell you that this isn't clearly written and there is a lot of cross-referencing, you know? Maybe uh, less cross-referencing compared to, like, riffs or right, something. Of the right, of the original But this game was released yeah. in 2020. You can't well, say yeah. in comparison uh, to riffs. Like, well, if they're saying riff, it's 2021, so 2021. <laughs> totally, but it says, is a modern game, right? right? Like, it says that multiple times. So, like, you could say, like, if, yeah, if this was, if we, like, there was a lot of, we gave a lot of allowances to things like Gamma World when we read it. Because, yeah. like, oh, yeah, it was written at 82 or whatever it was written, right? I, but, like, I... What time is it? We probably have to be done soon. I feel like we're beating our heads against the wall. I want. I just want to say that I hate driving cars. And if I have to drive a car, I just want to drive like a small, unobtrusive car that gets good gas mileage. But if someone comes up to me and says, hey, do you want to take the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile for a spin? I'm going to be like, yes, please. Maybe for half an hour. And it'll be stressful, but I'll love it. And that's this game for me. Is like, I just want to take it around the block. I just want to honk the horn. I I get that. Like, I I could roll up, like, random mutant weird little dudes all all day. Yes. Mm -hmm. But playing them in a setting with rules and fighting fighting, uh, actual encounters... Mm-hmm. No, no, but I, c- I could make them, and then I would have you draw them for me. <laughs> draw, draw my visions for me, Aaron Prime. Yes, please. And then just write a bunch of PBTA moves for them, and let's yeah. play that game. When you let's be real, that is pizza. what Aaron will be doing for the next month. <laughs> yeah, that is what will happen. There's not... I'm I'm pretty sure I yeah let's roll these up and then play Patchwork World because <laughs> that I, that is a pitch I am Hell fully yeah. in for. That sounds fun. When you have a radical toad, roll two d six. I want to be plus, a chicken attitude atti- atti- roll assassin whose parents have been killed by whales. Like that's I want to be. <laughs> and 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 it's important. You're an assassin and your fighting style is flailing in a panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all gold. That's gold. Uh, but we've we've gotten into this loop before because I tend to be like systems and Aaron's like I don't give a shit and I'm like right yeah that is, <laughs> that's that's fair which I feel like is this this game is is pointing at our uh, our strongest personality traits right so this for, is the worst yeah. game for us to have on the podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but we've done it usually I mean, those are good episodes I hope this is a good episode me too right about fun who cares about anybody else. Uh, <laughs> Are we do, are we done? Do we want to talk about good mutant shit? Do we want to suggest good mutant things? Mutant things. Sure. Doesn't have to be. I strongly okay. support transitioning. Everybody <laughs> should do it. It's the best way. You too can be a mutant in the real world. Uh, you don't even you, gender is a farce. You can just choose to put a hormone in your body, and it's rad. So it's good yeah, mutant yeah. shit. Mm, <laughs> goop. 
Goop? <laughs> you can just put that goop right in your body. <laughs> That's I, I I mean I said it in I said it softly in the but everybody should go and pre order Plasmodics by Will Yobst mm. because that game is gonna fucking slap. Yeah, Will Yobst was a guest on our Gamma World episode very early on in the podcast. Um has been working on this quote unquote D make um of Gamma World. It looks great. I actually have read it. I don't know if Max did I tell you this? I read yes, it. Yes, I know you've read it. And I wrote I wrote the foreword for the game and it's yeah. I think a pretty good foreword as well. Um See. So keep an eye out. I don't is it is it up for pre-order? It is up for pre I have pre-ordered it. Go to goodluck goodluckpress.c oh co not ca. Uh right on. Yeah, that's my that's my if I want to play a mutant game. That's the mutant game I'm going for. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks really fun. I'm excited to play it. Uh, I'm going to say watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 mm. or 91. I love it so much. The, it's sort of like, what if John Wick didn't have a dead dog? <laughs> yeah, that's the only difference between the two. That's the only difference. That's it. That's the pitch, yeah. No, but it has like interesting fight set pieces. It has mm-hmm. overblown masculine feelings. It has, you know men screaming at the sky and men hiding silently their feelings from others um i don't i so i no longer feel attached to manhood as a gender but when i was a youth and my ideas of these things were more simplified uh i just wanted to be casey jones Mm -hmm. man i just wanted to rip every single shirt that i owned up and just hit people in the face with hockey sticks yeah casey jones played by the famed elias coteus i don't know how to say his coteus yeah uh is that greek anyway he's from montreal he's he's a fellow canadian um i have as a person who has both has been hit in the face with hockey sticks and golf clubs i do not recommend it for anybody uh but i really wanted to do that as a youth i really wanted to be just all vigilante justice and ripped sweatshirts so uh yeah he's really the whole movie's good i like that movie yeah you definitely, if if your sort of understanding of the turtles is you know mostly tied up in like uh, you know Saturday morning cartoons and you know four player arcade games and you know promotional tie-ins at Pizza Hut, uh, you should definitely watch that movie because it will surprise you. Like it, it tonally is doing its own thing uh, while. Uh, hewing to sort of the spirit of the turtles in just a very cool way. I, I agree. It's a it's a singular movie. Also, uh, if you liked the original arcade, I was going to say those arcade mm-hmm. games are so good. The new too. game is good. Yeah, that's yeah. The new game is good. Shredder's something. Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Turtles it's in Time was the one I played a ton uh-huh. of and loved. Classic. I mean, even that the NES game that was incredibly difficult was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, have like an overworld. You can go down to the sewers, mm-hmm. oh. driving that van uh, around. Yeah, exactly. Well, so my so my mutant recommendation will be all right. Here's what you do: you get all of your turtles action figures together, <laughs> and you go you go to your mom's friend's house and get together with her similarly uh, five year old child named Tom, and Tom gets out all of his. Let him work this out. This is therapy, uh-huh. I think. Let him fill and him you, finish. And you pile all of your shared turtle figures onto the floor, and then you turn on your CRT television, and you tune it to 
the Turtles cartoon, which is happening live in that moment. Uh, via live broadcast. Turtles cartoon. And you, remember, you, you are in your mid-30s. And, this, you, so. and you play with the action figures while you watch the Turtles cartoon. Uh, and you, you play what you watch. Uh, that's, I think, the, the fundamental uh, mutant experience that everybody deserves to have in their life. Uh, I got it at a very young age, and it, it changed me for life. So do that. I feel like nice. that's so. That's just so different. That's, that's that was wild. That was such a that was such a trip. That was such a journey you took us on. It's like, what if you just? Uh, oh. Also, shout out to Bebop. Just like the oh. best, the best character in Bebop any, is the pig. Anything. Bebop is the Bebop pig. is the pig. He's in Rocksteady. Rock real the... Rocksteady erasure happening here. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. the Bebop is the pig. <laughs> I just I have a, the action figure that I would bring to this to this night of playing what we're watching. Okay, yeah, Bebop. yeah. I have a Bebop on next to my computer as oh, speak. so here. I mean, I, I, I don't bring... mean to send us deep down a, a, a no, no. wormhole here, but like, yeah, I if if we're we have to bring one, I'm gonna bring my Detective Donnie figure with the trench coat mm. and the fedora. That's that's my one for sure, and that's the one that had the human mask too. It had a human yeah, like Groucho Marx. It was kind of gross. Yes. I would bring my um, custom-made original Ninja Turtle, which <laughs> wow. which, which, which yeah. by what I mean is I had a shit ton of Raphaels, and I'm like, I'll make a fifth turtle. So I took a sharpie, colored over his mask. Um, so now, well, now it's well, more of a, now it's more of a, well, well, see if you, <laughs> if you color marker over red plastic rubber, whatever, it's more of like a maroon. So like a maroon brown <laughs> turtle mask. Um, and his weapons are when you used to buy those toys, they had those like punch takers that looked like pieces of pizza, but they weren't yeah. pizza. As I learned, they were punch. I was also certain that they were pizza weapons. Well, yeah, yeah like, because that makes the most sense. Pizza knives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have your brown turtle with its pizza knives. <laughs> And you, being a dumb five-year-old, you don't know. You, you know all the names are vaguely Italian. You do not know oh, any other Italian historians. Guess. Please let them guess. So guess guess as a five-year-old. So this is 1990. Uh, what Ital- What what is an Italian name you would know of as a five-year-old child? In the it's got to be Luigi for me. N- no, no, but close, very I was, close. I was going to be like, Less- oh no, this is the really gay answer. I'm going to say Versace. I don't. Oh, that's good. Oh, I wish. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was just Mario. It was Mario the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Mario, the fifth classic turtle. Mario, Mario the, fifth turtle. the brown fifth turtle. <laughs> that's actually the. That's the genesis of Mario. Yep, <laughs> Secret exactly. Turtle Mutant. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Was uh-huh. a turtle, but then mutated into yeah. a human. Hey, man. he hangs out right. in sewers. Yeah, uh, he well, doesn't. He have no. It's a frog suit that he gets, not a turtle suit. But <laughs> whatever. He murders turtles. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just uh, sitting here thinking maybe by maybe I should go. Uh, if somebody wants to send the podcast, uh, if somebody wants to fund this, I'll go get a Bebop tattoo. Oh, uh, yeah. Impulsively. Yes. Oh, right. Before we're done with this, I did want to shout out, like, contemporary Ninja, Ninja Turtles comics are mm-hmm. honestly pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Sophie Campbell is the artist and writer for a lot of them. Uh, like, Where a, do you start? This is I. This is because for me, a they person did, who hasn't yes, read a lot. Did you, what is the pickup? What's the first uh, episode? I don't have the reboot. Up? I don't have it ready. Um, but if you just like find Sophie Campbell, Ninja Turtles, um, she is an amazing artist. She's a trans woman, so she is also a fellow mutant. Um, hmm. 
Somebody's I don't know. Gonna come at me for calling. Yeah, and, and Aaron Prime might disagree with this, but I I would say just start from the beginning, right? Like, the, well, but the, if you're the, looking the for series, like Sophie, if you're Campbell's looking for Sophie work. Campbell, yes, that's different. I I forget what number that uh, she starts, but like as a, I guess franchise, like it it is a solid throughout. There's just um, so many. I'm, I'm I know, like perpetually I trying to catch up right. on not having been a comic kid and now mm-hmm. being an adult nerd with uh, with a disposable income. But yeah, uh, I'll post a link. There's there's got to be there is a, a collection of her stuff. There are multiple collections, I'm sure. Um, but she's a fantastic artist, and she contributed to the sequel supplement to Mutants in the Now. Uh, like julian kate got sophie campbell to do art for nice. <laughs> yeah uh so it's amazing her work is awesome Longtime fan um also go smash your toys together mm-hmm. absolutely um, you made it sound nerdy TMNT. you may sound dirty though <laughs> you said nerdy or dirty or both? a little bit of both nerdy. <laughs> yeah. um we have a patreon now well first before the patreon do the boys have any links I know Aaron is a Zoom technologist. <laughs> yeah, I know Jack Black. Yeah. Jack Black personally has sung he your gave a your shout roles. out to my uh, the company that I work for, which is Upstream Arts, uh, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we do arts education work uh, with and alongside folks with disabilities. I do pretty steady side gig, yeah, as a, a streaming technician in arts and education and. Uh, nonprofit companies and uh you know i do a bit of this a bit of that i am not on social media don't even look for me don't bother i'm so uh, jealous of that if, so you, <laughs> if you need to find me uh, good luck <laughs> ask jack black that's right he fields all my calls <laughs> pete do you have anything do you know i i have nothing i mean you know i'm i'm an educator so i am a black hole when it comes to putting right. stuff on the internet under my own name <laughs> Um, you know, I, I mean, I, if, if you can find me, I write choose your own adventure stories where readers vote on what happens. Some of them are based on role-playing games. Some of them aren't. Um, I'm really obsessed with the concept of giant mechs being used as fishing devices. So I have a couple role-playing games based on that out there somewhere. This so is, this is the singular mech pitch targeted directly at me. I am not a mech person, but if you mm-hmm. give me a fishing <laughs> mini game, I will be so, there so, forever. Yeah. Boy, Max, Max, I have a lot to catch up. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Aaron yeah. Prime and I will leave the call, and you can just uh, no, you can I catch wanna, up. I want to play too. I, yeah. <laughs> once, once I get because uh, right now I only have there. I have a Genesis supplement or Genesis. I don't know if they call it supplements or mods, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, Fantasy Flight released their Genesis system. I made a mech fishing hack of that. I did a sledgehammer version called Fish Hammer, oh, yes. I think. Right? Yes. Oh my god, Fish Hammer. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, and I'm 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 working on a, a Powered by the Apocalypse version of it right now, which I'm having more fun with than the other two. I love so. the idea that your claim to fame someday me, that fucking guy that went into every system and made a fishing version. <laughs> a mech fishing version. That is such a good legacy. That's, I'm sure you'll do other meaningful things oh god. in your life. Yeah. I just no, no. I well, I mean who knows? Maybe, maybe not. I'm happy with what I have, so that's all I got. Uh, also, I feel like again, for the third time this episode, I may have mentioned this on previous episodes, but my first quote-unquote game design was Pete and I made a Muppet-based <laughs> fiasco scenario. 
which I think is still like somewhere deep in Jason Morningstar's website. Yes, it's somewhere. Uh, the name of it's called No Strings Attached. Oh, yes. Um, and it is... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you worked backwards from the name, I assume. We, well, we worked back, we work back rooms from like a 24-pack of Lion and Kugels. But, um, <laughs> original. Lion and Kugels. Original. original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's up there somewhere. Somewhere in the ether. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um... Great. We're done. We're on Discord. There's a link to the Discord. Find us there. We are on Patreon. If you didn't like my ad read, fuck you. Give us money at <laughs> patreon.com slash rtfmcast. We're dying over here. That's a bold strategy. If you didn't like my ad read, fuck you. Give me money. Uh, you can give me money to do an ad or give me money to not do an ad. Um, I don't, but for real, like if you're like, I hate ads, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. I do want you to tell me that. I do want to know about that. We are hesitant in figuring this stuff out um it's weird it's tough to navigate. but we both genuinely like ratty so it's uh yeah, yeah for real go check out ready and katati yeah. awesome. i would have said that at any time um mm-hmm. but i do frequently i mean as, as a long time listener i i had no problems with that ad I mean, when, once you start hawking mattresses and you know yeah yeah, uh, meal subscription services. Let's you know we can revisit stamps.com right here. <laughs> I will send you a slice of pizza I carved into a pizza knife. That's yes. our next subscription service. Uh, We're also doing Zine Club now, which is oh, uh, we it's are the only episode I haven't heard. I'm looking. Yeah, to. we're 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 on our roll. We're going to be weekly for the foreseeable future, which because we just love each other so much, we really like <laughs> disagreeing about games. Um, uh, but Zine Club will be Patreon only uh, ex- outside of the first episode. Um, so as we try and we may, you know, release them into the ether someday. But as right now, Zine Club Patreon only. Uh, we're gonna read two two zines. We're each gonna read a different zine and then chat with one another about it, um, so that we can talk about the stuff that we really love, which I think is largely zines. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> next time might be Bloodbeam Badlands. <gasps> We have that coming By Viditia Valetti. It might be Thousand Year Old Vampire. I mm-hmm. got real manic the other night and scheduled a recording for a week that we maybe already have a recording. So we're just going crazy. It's just it's the know. opposite of the beginning of the season when we didn't know what was happening next. It's been a rough season. Um, both of those are going to be super fun. I'm actually genuinely super excited about both of those books yeah. uh, and the people that we have on for them. Yeah. So. Um, I'm like these schmucks. <laughs> here no, these boys great. are leaving town. I can't believe you'd say that. The boys are back out of town. <laughs> um, anything else? We're done. Yeah. We Do you have it. a quote for us from your favorite book? Yeah, you can squirt a foul-smelling dark liquid. <laughs> <laughs>